0: you are listening to the rising phoenix podcast this is a podcast about maternal mental health disclaimer we are not professionals we are moms who've experienced this ourselves and want to share our stories and stop the stigma heads up some content may be triggering we are recording from the stone Sheba podcast studio in provo utah check them out on instagram for more info on our podcast and more Okay, we are so happy to have Amy with us today, and she is going to share her story with us. So Amy, tell us a little bit about your family and when you first started to experience any symptoms
1: of postpartum. Okay, so I have um, four kids, and they're, let's see, three boys and one girl. The girl's somewhere in the middle there. Um, And... My story is after I had my first, I was great. We were living in California and, um, I had my second and at five, let's see, she, it was like five weeks. She was hospitalized with RSV. Oh, and that was really scary. And you don't, I mean, as a parent, you just don't really even know like what you're supposed to be doing. No, Um, and After that, I think that really heightened sort of my anxiety. They had us like keep her in our room with us in her car seat because they were like, you want to make sure she's still breathing? And I'm like, oh, okay, that's not terrifying. Right. Um, And then there was just like, I don't even know. Like, I think back on it and it was just like a series of like, I kept getting clogged ducks with her and she wasn't sleeping well. I mean, there's just this whole storm of things. And and at five weeks, you're still figuring out what's yeah, happening. Yeah, well, and I like, feel like everyone has their, like, number that kind of put them over the edge. And some people, it's two kids. Some people, it's three. Some right. people, it's four. And some people, like, don't ever get there, maybe. But I had been, my husband was a resident at the time. And he was MIA. So I had one baby that I had been taking care of since we had been there. And it was just me and him all the time. And so when I had my second, it kind of rocked this world that I had, that I was just taking care of this one. And then like she got sick and then I was kind of out of it. And I don't know. It was just this whole thing. How old was your
2: son when you had your second? So
1: he would have been 20. He wasn't even two. He was like 23 months or something. He's born in March and she was born like February. Okay. Um, So he was almost two. But, uh, so essentially you have two babies. Yeah, Yeah. totally. And no husband that you're raising by yourself. (laughs) No wonder. (laughs) Yes. And it was like the first time I noticed that something was kind of off was, um, so she was born in February. We like waited to give her a blessing in our church till like June and I remember I named her after my grandma, and so, and this grandma was like she'd just recently passed away, I guess not that recently at that point it'd been like five years or something, but I was super close to her, and I had tied her name to hers, uh, my baby's name to my grandma's and um I remember the morning like I was getting her ready for this special day, like I was de just like totally void of any emotion which is not like me if if people know me it's like I'm a faucet really most of the time like yes. anything tender or special or like not even any of those things I just like get teary and emotional like I'm just an emotional person and I vividly remember we were like in this old church and we were in like their makeshift mother's room and I remember like getting her dressed in there and I was just like totally stoic like and my remember my mom was sort of tearful and I was just like numb I just felt numb that's like the only way to describe it so um and like after that day I just kept thinking like that was really weird and it kind of bothered me did you tell anybody no that day no no I never said anything to anybody um and then I want to say it was probably just like so if that was probably like the first Sunday in June and probably like a week later, it was like a Saturday and my husband was home. And I remember at this point, like I realized like I wasn't doing well, like I'd been crying in the shower because it was the only place that I felt like was safe because no one knew that I was crying and that right. I was upset. And I'd been having all of these thoughts all along. But I just was like trying to like ignore them that like I was really unhappy and I was like a terrible mother. And um, it was it's weird because I think sometimes people blame their spouses, but I like was like just detaching from my kids. And the only reason I was like still there is because I knew my husband couldn't take care of them. He wasn't ever home. Like there wasn't an option for that so so out of obligation I was still there you were there and this Saturday I was like kind of reaching like a breaking point point. and I remember I like hurried and put on like clothes like to go running or jogging which I love to do but I had not done for a long time and I was just like kind of hurried and just said I'm gonna go for a run I'll be back later and like didn't make eye contact just like ran out of the house and um I was totally out of shape, couldn't go very far, and we lived in this funny little like neighborhood that was between train tracks and um the American River in Sacramento. So there's only one way in and one way out, and I went the opposite way of going out. So like just as a idea of like not how how not clear my thinking was. Right. Um and I started running and I, I remember specifically in my head thinking I am not going back. There's no way I'm going really? back. Really. And I And it didn't like, I wasn't feeling bad about that. I just was like, I can't go back. I'm not going back. Like, what am I going to go back for? And I remember like after, and I was like sprinting to nowhere because I was running to the dead end part of my neighborhood. Um, And clearly I had like, where would I go? What would I do? I have nothing except for a t-shirt and shorts on. Like this doesn't, like now I laugh about it, but I clearly had no clue what like I was going to do. I just needed to get out, you know? So I wandered around the neighborhood. I looped back around to where I could actually leave the neighborhood. And I remember just walking. I wasn't running at that point because that only lasted a few minutes. And then I finally like came around. You know, this is back before like I didn't have an Apple watch. I didn't have an iPhone. Like this was like 2011. I didn't even have a smartphone. I had a flip phone, okay. which I did not take with me. So there was like no way for my no husband contact. to just be like, "Oh, where is she? What's Are she you doing?" Okay? Like I've been gone for two hours. What? Yeah. So two hours later, I come walking back in, and he is like, "Wait, what made you go back?" Worried because I realized I had no. Like, what was I gonna do? Yeah. Just wander around? There was nowhere for me to go. I had no food. I had nothing. No clothes. Mm-hmm. Nothing. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> uh-huh. But I finally like walk back into that house. And I remember walking in, my husband was sitting on the couch, which was like direct line of sight from the front door with the two kids. And I remember I walked in and he just looked at me and he's like, are you doing okay? And I just lost it. I just Mm. burst into tears and was like, no, what did I say? We always joke about it. And I can't remember now. Okay. no. Oh, I said, that's what I said. I said, no. And I even like tried to get out. Like I had no intention of coming back. Like I said oh. that to him and he was just like, whoa. Like he said that, whoa. And then I remember he like put the baby down and like turned on a show for my for our son, the, yeah. like two year old and just like came into the kitchen and was like, okay, what, what's going on? Like, what are you feeling? What are you thinking? Like wanted to know. And I'm like, I, like i don't want to tell you i'm too embarrassed i was like i'm not gonna have this conversation right now but i'm not doing well and he said well as so my husband's actually right now during this point of our life he was in training as an adult psychiatrist so he like went into like problem solving mode but in a really thoughtful way most spouses wouldn't know what to say or do at that point but he was like okay well so why didn't you leave you know like Really cut straight to it because we're I think afraid with mental health to be like really direct. We don't want it to like push any buttons or mm-hmm. say something that's going to make things worse. Wanna but be ultra there's sensitive no, right, but there's no research to suggest talking about it is going to make you do it or make it worse. So he just said, so why didn't you? And I just cried. I was like, I don't know. I and I said I felt bad for you. Like I just I'm detached from our kids. I don't really feel like I've connected. Like with our newest baby and like i kind of feel like it's her fault that i feel this way and i'm feeling Mm -hmm. then i feel bad as a mom that i like feel that way about a baby and i also like feel sad because i can't spend the same amount of time with my first one right who was like my super buddy so i just said like i just feel bad because i can't leave because you can't take care of them you're in the middle of this training program like there's what would you do you can't just stop so we talked through that, and then he kind of had me like he printed out a couple of things that are like, um now I know, but it was like cognitive behavioral therapy types of worksheets where you write like what you're thinking, and then there's like a usually some sort of like fallacy or something mm-hmm. that's not congruent like logically with the way you're thinking, but you are thinking that way, so it's like you're you're Just basically being conscientious about why you're feeling a certain way what you're thinking and then what is the emotion attached with that and so how you're ending up kind of where you're ending up but like i was not i kind of was like oh okay Mm -hmm. kind of did that for a second i was like yeah no i'm not doing this right (laughs) that's not what i need right now so then i um my husband was like well you should go see your doctor you know it's pretty clear like you've got some postpartum depression going on here it's like four to five six months after you had this baby this isn't just like baby blues or anything mm-hmm. and I, I mean obviously as we, the more we talked about it i was like yeah i'm not uh yeah mm-hmm. i need a lot of help here <laughs> yeah so i went to this doctor's appointment and bless her heart she was well intended but sent me home with like a nutraceutical which i actually took and it actually seemed to help so i can't knock it too much um but my husband who's a physician was like, "Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> take that's more not that. what I had in mind. <laughs> that's not exactly what I was hoping your doctor would give you." But I was just like, "I don't know. Like, I'll, I was a little bit hesitant about medication because I, part of it for me was that no one in my family, then or now, has ever had a problem with depression, postpartum depression, and so it was like I, th- I was trying to think like so, pre kids, we had a really good friend." when we lived when my husband was in medical school but in hindsight i didn't know enough about anything to know but in hindsight she definitely did Mm -hmm. so when i kind of entered this phase i was like oh my gosh like my friend totally this was her like she would have me and my husband come over because her husband traveled a lot and she would have us come over and just hang out with her and i remember thinking like why can't she just be alone but she was struggling she was not doing well But like didn't really know how to tell me that i think but just wanted but she knew she there. exactly so but other than that like i had no and i I mean i'd heard of people struggling i've i mean they always talk about it like when you're in your appointments like and all the things you read when you're first having kids about what to expect and like Mm -hmm. things that can happen postpartum and i'm sure i got a pamphlet from the hospital that talked about it or something so did you go to another doctor after this? No. So I just took that. Sam E, she like told me, you know, start this dose if you don't notice it within a couple of days. So the benefit of what that nutraceutical she gave me, according to her, was um, it worked faster. So antidepressants oh. normally take a certain amount of weeks to sort of like kick in and then you have it in your bloodstream and then you kind of can see the effects. And I, I don't know. So that was her point of giving it to me is that like it would have been like within two to three days I should have been noticing a difference which I don't I mean I think placebo is pretty powerful yeah but I was like I took like two or three days at like the lowest just like one I don't even know what the milligram was for that and then I think I went up to two and then I just kind of hung out there and it like took the edge off for me um because I kind of didn't feel like I was gonna like snap at any second which is kind of how I had been feeling so I did that and I remember like I was so embarrassed like I like swore my husband to secrecy I was just like mortified Good. mind you we're living in Sacramento I have no one family nobody to speak of um, actually that's not true I had my brother and sister-in-law lived kind of in Folsom which is close to Sacramento but I was not about to tell them <laughs> why not because um, I was like so embarrassed And I just didn't, and I also didn't know what to tell them because I knew that they would want to be helpful. I knew they'd want to offer help, and I didn't know what that meant. I didn't didn't know what I really what you needed. Yeah, Yeah. and some of it, you know, is like, how does someone help you with thoughts? Like you're just like raging and having these thoughts that it's like you're like mortified by your own thoughts Mm -hmm. in some ways. You know, totally. And so it's like, (laughs) hey. I don't really want you to know about these thoughts and I'm not really sure how you're going to help me with that situation. Um so I did tell a couple of close friends and they were super sweet and my next door neighbor was like the greatest kindest like I told her and I remember like she just like wept with me and was Aww. just so so sweet and we she was just one of those like salt of the earth kind of people like we went to different churches and we had lots of different views but she just was like there and like she would just come over and check on me and I think I didn't realize that that was what I wanted or needed because at that point I was like avoiding um social interactions which was a huge red flag for my husband because that is not like me I'm usually like let's have people over and let's do things and let's go do that and it's like he'd want to like just go out for dinner and i'd be like no we're not going anywhere i don't want to go anywhere i don't want to get dressed you know it's just all of these things but um because of my husband's training he knew like the more i stayed home the more i would stay home yeah and he wanted me to get out so he or he'd like invite people over and i'd be so mad like, I can't believe you do that. To me. Oh. So do you feel like <clears throat>
2: I get a lot of people that ask me just because I've been super vocal about postpartum. Sure. So many people come to me and say, how can I support someone? Like I've never experienced it. I don't know how to support someone. What would yeah. you say? Like, obviously like your neighbor, what would you say in your experience, yeah. someone that's maybe having something similar that you did, what would be the best so... thing they could do for their friend or neighbor? Or I think,
1: I think just like empathy. I always think of that Brene brown Um. little empathy video where it's like you can't you don't fix the problem you just like be there and you listen and you because i think that story was as the time went on and i started like coming out of that haze i'd say probably after about a month or so like i was like okay like getting my bearings baby's getting older i've had a lot of time to sort of think and process like okay about what happened and why i was feeling that way and where some of my missteps were in like the way i was thinking and feeling about everything. i decided, well, i decided i just was like if people ask me about it i'd talk about it, but i don't i don't really know. i think every person is different and that's not really helpful. <laughs> i appreciate that. <laughs> well, cuz it was the same kind me, of things for me, like yeah. just someone that would just show up. But i think too just having someone text you and say, "how's your day going today?" like mm-hmm. "how are you feeling today?" you know? Cuz it's really like really hour by hour like Mm -hmm. some days you're like oh i'm feeling pretty good today like let's get out let's go to the park let's do something and then there's days where you're just like i probably shouldn't be driving my car today yeah 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 (laughs) then you're like okay well maybe we should and those were the days i kind of would try to distract myself right because there were often so many thoughts it was like an onslaught of those kinds of thoughts of like i don't know just not good thoughts but um
0: so then after you said it after about yeah. a month
1: so i started, started feeling feeling better, to better feel- and i kind of had told who i was gonna tell i didn't tell my mom i didn't tell my mother-in-law i didn't tell any of my siblings and then after and i took that sam e for like probably six months to a year okay and then we moved to utah after that and i remember my husband we moved our baby's now like a year and a half at this point. And I've like, I'm not taking that, but I'm like terrified to have any more kids. Cause I'm like, I can't do that. Like I was back to my normal self and I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> I think I'm good here. We're not going go to go into that again. Because no. my husband would say like, you know, what's our plan going to be if we have more kids? Because if you've had it with one, you're just more likely to get it again. Um, so I was like, yeah, that's not helpful. That's terrifying. <laughs> um, but then we finally decided to get pregnant again. And this time I was like determined. Well, so my thought going into it was I'm going to have it again. Like I just decided, like, if that's my baseline, then I'm not going to be disappointed. There's not an expectation that's going to be dashed. Like lowest expectation, because it m- probably won't be the worst the best it'll probably be somewhere in the middle that way will be safe
0: (laughs) prepare yourself as much as you can so you'll
1: know what to look for i know right and i thought uh, yeah i'll be aware i'll kind of know so we have baby number three i feel like i'm doing pretty good i did like prenatal yoga which i like have to say is the plug for that it was the most healing thing i could have done really because the um The girl who did it was so good about like kind of planting these seeds of like, what are you excited about? Or what are you expecting? And maybe what are you afraid of? And it just forced me to like face all of these things that I had just like buried. And I think like every one of those um, practice sessions that I did, I literally would leave like weeping because it was just this super cathartic thing for me. Like, um just kind of processing all of those things and i think i wouldn't have been as prepared the second time around had i not done that for me i'm so glad you told us that yeah it was amazing the the girl that did it i was like in fact i kept wanting to go to her class after and she's like this is prenatal yoga. <laughs> <laughs> but so i cuz i like come rec- on let me in i know right i recognized she would have let me but i recognized <laughs> but you're a little busy and then you have a baby so it's like right. it was a little tricky um but I recognized that there was a real power in having processed kind of what had happened like 20, like down in hindsight, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, um, have baby number three, six months in, I'm like teetering. My husband gets super sick, <laughs> like I'm so annoyed, like, can't you just get better kind of sick? Then like, I'm up, already taking care of three kids yeah. by myself. Could <laughs> yeah. you please buck up here? <laughs> but then he, like, gets in the ICU, and I'm like, oh, oh this is serious. Crap. Like, we're actually really sick, and we're not getting better. And I remember so clearly the day I was standing there, and I was like, why aren't you taking any medicine? This is before he got in the hospital. Okay. Why are you not taking any medicine? And he looked at me and said, why aren't you taking an antidepressant? And I was like, <gasps> oh, okay burn (laughs) because it was clear to him like i was sort of reaching that like critical mass you know like there was it was gonna there was gonna be a tipping point and i had felt it coming but was like i think i like can do this I, i think i can keep it at bay or like whatever but then after he said that i was like okay and i remember thinking like the rest of the day like just kind of going through my head like okay how are you doing with this how are you doing with that And like, there was this point where I had recently been driving and I had that thought, like, if I just like go like this, what will happen? And I was like, "Mm, yeah, that's, that's usually a bad. (laughs) Probably not good. (laughs) Yeah. If I, if I sort of just yank my wheel one direction, like what would happen? And, um, that day I called my OB and we had already had this discussion. And so when I called, he just like sent in the prescription. I started taking it. And then I like went to his office like two weeks later and i remember like filling out that depression screen and i said to him do you want me to say what i would have said two weeks ago ago? or what i would say now (laughs) and he was like "Mm, either one's fine you know i think we're pretty clear on what's going on here um so at that point and then i took that for like probably a year or more and that time around before i had baby number three so i'd gone to prenatal yoga and i had these two women that lived in my neighborhood that I had sort of told them like I was nervous and that I'd already had postpartum depression. One of them struggled with just depression in general on her own anxiety and depression. So she was like a really safe confidant for me. Um, At this point, my parents still don't know anything about it. Oh, wow. Um, And I think part of it for me is that I knew there because of, it wasn't that I didn't trust them or they weren't totally safe. It was like their lack of experience, their lack of understanding. There were all these things that were like, sort of difficult to sort of explain. But those these two friends of mine, one of them lived like two doors down and the other one lived kind of on the other street. One of them who understood depression lived depression and the other one who's like, nev- like doesn't even, and she will be the first one to say like, I can't even wrap my head around that. Like it's just something I just don't get. But she was the one that was like kind of always there. Like, how are you doing today? Like just checking on me. And I knew if I ever needed something, I could call her and she would, come right over That's awesome. um so but because of that because i had really been so open about it i didn't feel like there was anything to hide the second time around as soon as i started taking my medication people knew i was like hey listen and then my husband was like in the icu so there was just a ton of stuff going on for our family and he ended up being fine thankfully and came home but like it just been like a whirlwind And it wasn't even until, I would say, a couple of years ago, someone asked my husband to speak at something, and he was like, I will, but I want to bring my wife. And I was like, oh, that's kind of odd, okay? (laughs) And he was talking kind of about mental health, and I don't even remember what the topic was. Weakness or something like that. And the reason he wanted me to come is because he said, in the gospel context, we often, like, with like scriptures and Jesus we always talk about like sins being equivalent to weakness and he said I want you to tell your experience about having postpartum depression and talk about how that wasn't like a sin and how that really has been like a changing point in your life it was like a big because all of a sudden this part of me opened up where I was able to be empathetic in a way I had never you could you can't even imagine what that feels like and since then there's been you know a a, a father a father-in-law that's had cancer who was struggling with depression and called Matt and Matt sent me down there and I just like sat with him like I get this like I'm totally there it followed then after him it was my mother-in-law similar thing like her husband's like really struggling super sick and she's feeling sad you know like and it's just been literally dozens of people since then that it's like oh I get it let's chat or can I just sit with you or like let's say nothing yeah so you didn't feel that
2: embarrassment or shame anymore no
1: because I think as it came along I realized the strength in numbers I realized the more I talked about it the more I realized it's so much easier to understand and to empathize and to feel not alone in that because when you're having those kind of embarrassing thoughts or whatever it is like you just feel like you are scum of the earth you're like this is terrible no mom no person should think or feel this way but everyone who's ever been there has felt and thought that way
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely so
1: I don't know I feel like that was that's kind of was like maybe a changing like a turning point for me of just being like you know I'm totally open in fact I just did kind of a same sort of speaking thing with my husband, I don't know, maybe six months ago. And people still come up to me and are like, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Like, are you okay? Like I tell the story about me like running and not wanting to come home and they're like, is, every- <laughs> is everything okay? I'm like, oh no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm good. Did you have any other kids after? Yeah. So three? I had, so I have one more after that. And did you get and no of- really? No, I didn't. How about you were? happy about that yeah but I also was expecting it so Mm -hmm. I just kind of was like oh that was a happy surprise and a lot
0: of your circumstances have probably changed by then
1: right right I had relinquished all control of my life (laughs) that's a big part I actually really do think it is like I say that sort of jokingly but I actually really just was like oh guess what I'm not gonna be able to control everything my kids are doing they're gonna live it's okay if their hair's not combed like, you know, there's just yeah, kind of an m- expectation that's like, wasn't healthy, yeah. you know? And I don't really think I had it so much with my second. I definitely feel like with my third, I kind of was like still holding on to that. And when I had my fourth, not knowing if he was going to be like our last or not, like I just decided like, I'm not going to worry about any of it. I'm just going to enjoy this baby for who he is and just, and I think that really helped. But I don't think... I don't know. I don't know why I didn't get it the third time because yeah. I was planning on it. <laughs> so
2: for for you, postpartum, mm-hmm. do you feel like what would you say is the type? Because it manifests itself so different sure. for everybody, right? So yeah. what would you say is the strongest emotion that you felt or non-emotion? Like what yeah. would you classify your type of postpartum um, that you had the most
1: feelings of? Hmm. I definitely would describe it when people would ask me about it i would often say like i just felt like i was sort of in a haze like i'm super energy person i do a million things in a day and it's like i kind of get foggy and which is hard to sort of distinguish when you're sleep deprived just as a new mom anyway right so it's it's tricky but i will say i'm super super edgy like I feel like I'm going to turn into like crazy monster mom at like any second over the smallest things now, mm-hmm. like normally I can think oh guess what normally that wouldn't be that big of a deal to you yeah. and this is like you're like turning into a gremlin it's scary <laughs> like you know when that voice is coming out of you and you're like I'm scaring myself right now Yeah, like my kids are going to be scarred for life because of what is coming out of mouth they're not they're too little to remember (laughs) thankfully (laughs) and they see the more they see you more other ways right than they but for some reason we're so hard on ourselves and we're like they're gonna remember
0: that oh i know every day it's true yeah as as soon as they're
1: in bed and sleeping you're (laughs) like oh man that was rough but it was like a really super heightened like i feel like those are like just some normal mother kinds of things but it was like Like, and I never felt aggressive, which I know some people do. I often had um, thoughts of self-harm, which is not normal. That's like Mm -hmm. a huge red flag. But not like, not suicidal, more just self-harm. Yeah. Like, I'd be cutting vegetables and I'd think, oh, I wonder if I just like cut my arm, what would happen? You know, like weird, super weird. So crazy. Not normal thoughts for like... But normal oh. for, for oh, depression. Oh, totally, like, totally normal in the realm of like what's expected. Right. For sure. And it sure. seems so normal. I remember some of the
2: thoughts that I had when I had postpartum and mm-hmm. I was like, it didn't even like phase me. Yeah. Until a couple of days later when I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, did That's I? Not was,
1: that, was that for real? Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> so Amy, what would you tell yourself if you could go back to when you were running away mm-hmm. and not wanting to come back? Knowing what you know now, what do you? What would you go back and tell yourself?
1: Hmm.
0: Or even before you went running, when you yeah, were when I was struggling, your daughter ready,
1: and you were feeling and numb. I felt numb. Whatever you have to do to feel better, do it. Mm-hmm. Like in hindsight, I should have stopped nursing. That was really hard for me with Amen. that daughter, and I just thought I can't, I can't like stop nursing, and it felt so stressful. But I, I kept getting clogged ducts constantly, and it just was pushing me right where it it hurt you know like I just couldn't take one more poke at that point and it might not be for me at that time like I it should have I should have just been like oh great we're gonna bottle feed she would have been fine right but like I didn't because there was it was like in a haze and every baby after that I said to Matt if I'm like this just tell me to stop nursing you know like it's because it's especially with like the one the like two-year-old and the baby dynamic it was just it was pushing me over the edge because I was nursing constantly and I was wondering what the other kid was doing and was he bored to tears and was he still watching TV? I mean, it's just I should have just stopped nursing. But that's what I needed in that moment. Now, fast forward three years or two and a half. Yeah, it was like three years later when I had the third one and I was feeling similar, but not exactly the same because that one I wasn't as numb but I definitely was having the same kinds of like thoughts and weird, like, um, impulse, impulsive thoughts, I would say. Um, I did the same thing, but it equaled something different that time. So I, I like made myself like go out with friends because that was not something I would have normally done. And my husband was really supportive of it. He just thought it's going to help you. Like, we've got to like, give you some time to be by yourself. And that's what I needed. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't even know. Sometimes you're like, this is so stupid. Like why? Am-? And there were so many times I'd like made arrangements with friends and I did not want to go. Yeah. But I went and it's like, you it pushed was, yourself. Yeah, Cause you know you needed it. Yeah. And so it was really good. But I also, um, the other, the other thing I would say is it's okay to not be okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like it's that. okay to just feel like my world is crashing down and I'm going to lose it. And that's okay. You're okay. And you, but the more people you let in, the more people can hold you up. And so I feel like maybe those two go hand in hand, like it's okay to, to not be okay. But the more people you allow in that safe space, the more you'll have people to hold you up because you can't do it. You can't do it by yourself. You really can't and to think that you can do it without any support is not that's not going to get you very far right so that's i guess that ended up being three i love no, that's it. perfect i love it. i
0: love that so much
1: <laughs> but yeah it's because i think the more you acknowledge that you're not doing well or that you're not um that you need help or that you need to be honest with yourself like all of those things are sort of turning you in a different direction from where you're going. Right. So yeah. to be able to say like, I am not doing well, I need to talk to my doctor or I need to get, you know, I need to talk to my spouse or I need to talk to this friend of mine who I know has had postpartum. Like that's all moving you in a place where you, you can start healing and you can start getting help. So, and look at all the people that you've been able to help that you mentioned because yeah,
2: of, sort of self
1: aggrandizing. No, 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 oh, not at all.
2: I just love the difference between your first when you were like, I was too embarrassed. I didn't tell anyone. Yeah. And then now to be able to tell all these people how amazing. I don't know. You're just, that's just incredible that the, oh. the difference between the two and then, and when you opened up to your parents about it, how was that? I forgot to ask yeah. that.
1: Oh, um, you know, it's just been in recent years and as parents are want to do, cause I think I would feel the same way. My mom was like, felt so bad. Like, why didn't you tell us? Like we would have loved to. And I actually, As I tried to describe earlier, I quite honestly don't totally know why I didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously now, um, if it happened again, I mean, everybody would know. I'd be like, oh, guess what, guys? Rally around. (laughs) We need help here. More cutting vegetables. (laughs) (laughs) That's not funny. Uh, But but they were just super, all of the things, whatever I had thought of, I mean, it was none of it, right? But I also think their life experiences changed them too, you know? I think because mental health i mean that was like with my daughter she's eight now so that was eight years ago and i think in the last eight to ten years like in a general sense in the community sense i think people talk about mental health more yeah i think there's been so many crises with you know the chain suicides in high schools and all of these things and the emily effect was a huge thing i think um when she passed away at just being like Woo-hoo. like this is we need we need to talk about this we need to n- not just like normalize it in a way of like oh it's totally normal to have postpartum because it's not I wouldn't say it's normal it's common mm-hmm. which is a better word to say usually um but there's also like healthy ways to talk about it and get help and it's nothing and to not be embarrassed alone. about yeah. yeah and to not feel alone I have loved hearing your story. It's been amazing. Thank you so so... much. I think, and one thing I was going to say too, is I feel like the more people are willing to share, if I didn't already say this exactly, the more that I have found that I've shared it, there's always someone that comes up to me after and is like, thank you so much. Like, I, I didn't know I had postpartum. I struggled for so long. I know now that that's what it was but hearing you talk about it made me feel like i wasn't totally crazy because for most people if they struggle through it they never really get help and then things kind of just naturally turn mm-hmm. for them um they sort of always hide it like it's this like really embarrassing like i would never speak of kind of a thing yeah. so much shame yeah so much oh shame my for sure yeah. which is why we're doing this right yeah. we which have- is why i was like Sign me up. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Well, everyone's
0: story is so different. Everyone's, (laughs) uh, everyone's journey and everything is manifesting itself in a totally different way. Every single one of us that we've had on the podcast is so different. And so it, I feel like that's going to help more people because they're going to realize,
1: oh, okay, that's,
0: that's not like, I can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's not one way to sort of feel or have postpartum depression. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I do. And and I, again, I don't know if that would be for everyone. Maybe it's just for my personality that I've sort of found strength in numbers and have found healing really in being honest about what happened. Yeah. I kind of wear most of my feelings and emotions on my sleeves anyway. So I love it. Maybe there's no way to hide it for me. <laughs> no, that's awesome. <laughs> well, I am
2: just grateful that you shared your story. I think... Yeah. I think the biggest thing is just, like you said, just knowing that you, that people know that they can come to you. And because you are open with your feelings and you're not afraid to talk about things, it gives people that safe space.
1: So, yeah, I've had a number of friends, like, call me. And I also think, too, that once you are aware of, like, what it feels like and kind of, like, I feel every time someone has a baby... I'm probably super annoying, but I'm kind I'm the of, same you're way. like kind of hover and you're you like kind Stockholm. of ask a few questions they're on your radar. <laughs> yeah. Cause you're Forever. like, really? How are you doing? Like, I can't tell you the number of times I've asked that exact question. Okay. Really? How are you doing?
2: Yeah. Get Can, real with me. Like
1: how, oh, like the meal thing when someone has a baby, this is the other thing I was thinking of like brass tacks of like how to help someone if they're having postpartum depression meals. Because that was like the one thing I did not have the energy to do. Yeah. And you'd get, and it was like five thirty, six, six thirty, and you're like, pizza tonight? Who <laughs> <laughs> wants mac and cheese again? Oh yeah, no, I wouldn't even turn on the stove. That's like, that's a lot. That's high class, right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like too much work. <laughs> Domino's, Pizza Hut, or Little Caesars, but probably not Little Caesars because I'm not gonna go pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> so I that is one of my like sort of um little ways that I try to ease the burden it's like if I tell if I can tell someone's having a rough go I'll just say guess what or I won't even tell them I'll just bring it over and I'll be like here because it's like one less thing to lighten the load I feel like that's that's one less thing they have to worry about when they're already feeling overwhelmed well and it's easy to get like
2: I know for me it was like my pride would be like, oh, you don't have to bring me dinner. Like, you mm-hmm. have, you have kids, you have enough going on. Like, you don't want to burn You don't have anyone. to do that for me. Like, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. You don't. That's why I just kind of stop you asking. A choice. Yeah, I yeah. love it. I would just like make like I have this like cheesy pasta, just the sort of mac and cheese, but not because it's even better, but that has kind of like broccoli and stuff in it. And I'll just make like three of those. I'll just put them in tin foil, and I'll just be like, hmm who's had a baby <laughs> you're amazing because it's that's like, awesome that's not the kind of thing and i always wait till it's been like two or three or four months yeah because no one's asking anymore how they're doing because someone else has had like four more people have had babies by then, yeah. right they've moved on <laughs> or just you know life goes on and whatever and it's not like people are trying to be mean but you know it's like i kind of give them a healthy amount of space and then i start and that's them. thoughtful because yeah, that, like you amazing. said when
0: people when they've kind of dropped off and nobody's thinking about them anymore because
1: postpartum isn't gonna happen like four weeks in you know and not even just postpartum but
2: just just adjusting in general yeah. like you said like giving up all control of your
1: life you kind of at some point just realize there's certain, okay yeah there's certain things that are worth caring about and mm-hmm. some of them are not yeah right
0: so. Well, for me personally, I feel like that first month after I have a baby, I feel kind of like Superwoman. Like, yeah, you're running on adrenaline. I'm not pregnant anymore, and I can bend, and I can <laughs> pick stuff up, and shoes. this feels great, you yeah. know? And then about a month in, that sleep deprivation sets in, mm-hmm. and you're like, Meow, yeah. you know? Totally. That's how it is for me anyway. Like, you feel like yeah. you can handle anything that first month because you're excited, and you've got this new baby. And mm-hmm. like you said, adrenaline. And then it starts to set in and then in. you realize you haven't slept this is your new life this is your new life <laughs> oh so that that's such a good that's a good thing to remember to
1: reach out yeah and i i think like you said it's hard for people i don't know why we're so hardwired to be so um individualistic that's the right word to be so isolated i don't mm-hmm. know it's in this modern era where we're like, I guess it's postmodern now. Who knows where we are at?
0: Who knows? But we know.
1: feel like it's so hard to accept help or to ask for help. We yeah. like want to I, show
0: everybody that we can handle it.
1: Right. I was, I was talking to a friend of mine that had twins last summer. And I said, because I have another friend who just recently had twins. And I was kind of asking her her twins advice. And that was one of her things is, if someone offers help, you take it. Absolutely. And I thought, how about that. we just make that for all of life? Like, really? Why do we have to be so... Like I know it's because we want to think we can do stuff by ourselves, but if we were supposed to do everything by ourselves, we wouldn't have people around us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you—I mean, it's almost like you unknowingly make
2: yourself the martyr of like, oh, yeah. I don't want to bother you, or I, yeah. I don't want to, you know, I don't give—I don't give people that
1: good, that <laughs> courtesy. I just. <laughs> what mowing. we have to remember, though, is that it
0: makes people feel good to help. Yeah,
1: it makes other yeah. people feel
0: good to be well, and the it person helps other people to, help you.
1: to to feel because when you're depressed, the two things you feel are that you are broken and that you're a burden Mm -hmm. and I think being mindful of that but also recognizing you know like they don't want to be a burden so how can I like drop something off not make it a huge deal but just let them know like hey I was thinking about you here's this or like and not saying oh my gosh if you have postpartum depression what you know if you go too much over the top it sort of Unfortunately, I then they're like, I Reaffirms really what they're already feeling, right? I'm broken in. and I'm a burden. Yeah. yeah. So, like one time my friend was really struggling and was having a really hard time, and I just like ordered the Domino's pizza and had it sent to her house. But it's like that was not hard. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't bugging her, like, what can I make? Or but it what probably can I meant so much to her. It was like, oh, we have pizza. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I actually think I did it at lunchtime. And I like Even had better. him write like a note like it's not going to be quesadillas today or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: awesome, Amy. Thank it. you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming and being you're our so guest. Welcome. And we learned so much from you. Yeah, oh, you're amazing. Thank That's you. nice. Thank you for listening to the Rising Phoenix
2: podcast. If you feel like you can relate and would be open to share your story with us, please email us at risingphoenixpodcast@gmail.com. at com.
0: For more information on local and national resources for pregnancy and postpartum health, visit www.postpartum.net or www.psiutah.org.
2: We are recording from the Stone Sheba Podcast Studio in Provo, Utah. Check them out on Instagram for more info on our podcast and others. Thanks for listening.